0: Thank you, God. Oh my goodness me. When the presence of God shows up, it changes everything. 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 God, you our God reigns. Our God reigns. He reigns when we hit. Get hit by hurricanes, he rains when we freeze up, he rains when we're sick, he rains when we're lost, he rains when we're broke, he rains when we're we have more than enough. He rains. He rains. God, we would be a mess without you. I thank you for your redemption plan. I thank you that you came to experience just life here, God thank you for this church. I've never seen anything like it. God, we praise your name. We praise your name. God, we lift up this peninsula who's once again battered, beat up, tired, thinking that they're not going to live here anymore. They can't take much more. But God, your plan and purpose for this church in this peninsula has not changed. The devil may think that if he discourages a lot of us, we will pack up and leave, but he is a liar. We know something big is happening here and we're here to stay. We're here to stay. So we thank you, Father. Reveal your plan to us. Reveal that huge plan to us. You bring people in. You just keep bringing people in. And we just keep doing what we do. So be glorified. We lift up every church on this peninsula. Every single church. God, and every person here that said, you know what? I'm a mess, but I'm going to church. I thank you for perseverance. I thank you they may not have had a shower a meal, or whatever, but, God, they're here. So be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Man, we're glad you're here. We're glad to be here. Whoa. Have a seat. Relax. Whoa. Let me get all buckled in in here. good to see your faces, man. It's family when we come together. It's good. So good. We just saw a miracle happen over here in the corner and we just got all emotional over there, up in there on that side. My goodness me. Before I start, we do have some sad news, but God. Still reigns. God reigns. So, Rebecca, Everett, and Charlotte are very sad. They've lost Alice after only being here 16 days. Just 16 days old. But she'll be waiting for you when you see her whole and healed. So, our condolences, you Everett and your family. You're much loved here. You're much loved here. And when you hurt, everyone in here hurts with you. So we have some sad news and then we have some awesome news. Today I want to tell you that I've never been so hold on one second. I think it's me and Mike's and things happening. But I want to tell you, I've never been so humbled and so proud of this church. We do tons of great things. We do lots of great things and, and have, always have since the beginning. We don't talk about those things enough. We help a lot of people here on the peninsula. But what happened here on Monday night absolutely blew me I'm going to add the word slap. Slap away. That's good, isn't it? Mark, you approve slap away. That's good grammar. Blew me slap away. Let me set the stage for you. Power was out. It was freezing. Monday. I'll take you to Monday. Of course, we were all cold Sunday. Take you to Monday. The times may be just right, not right, but it was about quarter till... Seven. I'm talking to Mitzi on the phone. She passes in front of the church, and she's. I said the power's out everywhere. She, yeah. She's wait. I just saw a tiny. Now the sign's not on, but I just saw this tiny little light on the side of the building, and it's on. I said, Oh my God, we have power. Why does the church have power? We have power. Right after that, I get another call. I said, We're cold. <clears throat> Ms. Terry said, we're cold. We we can't stay home. I said, okay. All right. Listen to the timing of God so perfectly. I said, okay. She said, we're heading to Galveston to get a room. I said, just hold up a minute. I just got a call and said the church was open. We have power. So it's warm. Okay? So there's Mitzi making a call. Then they caravan down here thinking it's just the two of them. Caravan down here late at night. So I said, did you get in? No, we can't get in. It's three inches of thick ice on our door. Wait, Dakota was with Mitzi. Oh, wait a minute. Just weeks before, Brent had hired Dakota to work here with him at the church. So he knew where everything was. So Brent's on the phone. He had cut off our water. So he's coaching Dakota who... Who already knew about all of that. God already set this whole thing up. So they got in. Thinking, we're going to sleep here. So they break off the ice at the door and they go in and, and it's we're on the download. I had people in here all the time. So I wasn't calling anybody and asking anything. There's people in here all the time you don't know about. I thought I better tell somebody man so I called Jeff and I said I, we open the church I'll ask for forgiveness later uh, we're going with it and he said it's cool groceries were grabbed from home and brought up here Mitzi and I have a history of opening a shelter together years ago in Orange at our church where about 400 people came in how odd is that We were already in the shelter business in our other life. So we thought we're opening a shelter. The shelter was open for four days until the power was restored. So many of you helped. I mean, it wasn't planned. It wasn't set up that way. We didn't have a rule book, uh, 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 any kind of guidelines or anything. We saw a need. We met it. Everyone that slept here or came by were fed. Lots, like I said, lots of volunteers started helping. The food pantry helped with the food we were short on. And this story could be the whole sermon right here. Facebook was flooded. Now, I'm in Beaumont and I'm thinking, oh, I need to go with roads are closed. I'm thinking, Lord, why am I in Beaumont? Dadgum, I should be there. Wait a minute. I was the only one with with cell service. Really, that worked. So I'm able to. Just blow up everybody's phone and get people here. And all of a sudden, porta potties showed up and things started happening. And it was awesome if you look at the whole big picture of what happened here and how God had done it to the minute. A little light was on, someone was cold. We opened the door and we had shelter. Facebook, one post was was shared like 62 times, 62 times. CBC saw a need, and the church reacted, and and that's what churches like us do. So people get the wrong idea of what churches are supposed to do. Here we go. You know, I just can't just be all nice and go home. <laughs> you know, I got to go with something here. I told Jimmy I was going to be nice today, and I read the sermon on the way down here, and he said, ooh, I don't know. I wasn't too nice. But people get the wrong idea of what church is and what church does. And because it's not their fault, it's based on old religious things that they have in their mind, what their church did or what they're supposed to do. We don't follow rules here. We follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. I look at things like, okay, why was that light on when no one's lights on? Why did she pass at 7 o'clock at night? Why did I get the call? Follow the lead of the Spirit. No question on what to do. The question was, let's do it. It never crossed our mind not to do it. For those of who, you who want a more religious church that follows rules and protocols and systems and stuff, maybe this isn't the church for you. Oh, ow. Because we don't. We see a need. Volunteers come in from the masses and it happens. We don't have to walk through this, this life blind. Paul outlined many things that Jesus called the church to do and to be. Jesus called them to convert from servants of the kingdom of darkness to servants of the Son of God and His kingdom. Colossians 1.13. I'm going to be so many scriptures, I don't even know if you can turn to them. I'm glad you have those slides up. He called them to abandon their former life and embrace a new life in Christ. He called them to follow and become more like Jesus. He called them to heal the world in many ways that it's broken in Acts 10. He called them to a covenant community with one another just as the Father and Son are in community with each other in the Spirit. He's called us to do this the Bible, the only religious part of the Bible is the Pharisees and the scribes. The people that followed Jesus just followed his lead and listened and did it. He called them to advance the kingdom of God. These are his words. They're not my words. All of these things go far beyond what we can do on Sunday mornings. This is not a church of Sunday mornings. I want you Do you understand this is so much more than a Sunday morning for you. This is a lifestyle. This is 24-7. This is waking up. How can I help somebody? This is this is moving in the spirit of God. This is on your mind. You don't have to wake up saying, okay, who do I call? What do I do? You see a need, you do it. You see something, you handle it. Ask for forgiveness later. Just do it. Not because I say it. It's because God himself says it. God himself says it. All of these things go far beyond what we can do on a Sunday. Remember remember daily the God who saved us is now ready for us to save others. He saved us. He's just waiting on us to save other people. What's your name? Did you say Connor? Cooper. Cooper. Cooper, stand up. You didn't think, uh, somebody, by the way, someone prayed for you yeah. along your life, a mother, a grandmother, a father, somebody prayed and you're here, you're here, and, and you were here doing, you just showed up, are you living on the beach, kind of, huh, yeah. all right, y'all have jobs, you have stuff, you have better tents than what he has, there he is, have a seat, he needs help, have a seat. You're on a business? You need help? You're a plumber? Whatever it is, he's here. We have several like that. We're glad you're here. He called us to abandon their formal life and embrace a new life in Christ. He called them to follow and become like Jesus. He called them to heal the world in many ways as it's broken. He called them to a covenant community with one another. Just as the Father and Son are in community with each other. He caught us to lay hands and pray for people. Heal people. We have that authority. All of these things go far beyond what we can do. Just in 35 minutes or 45 minutes. So what do we do? How do we do it? Remember daily the God who saved us tells us how to do it. The concept works just fine for the disciples, and it works just fine for us. But being and doing the church is so much more than getting together and hanging out for this little time period. The work of the church should reflect gentleness and the humility of Jesus. Jesus sees his church as a family or community of people dedicated to serving God. Whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So Jesus is saying... Whoever does the will of the Father, what? Your family. I mean, this is what he says. I mean, Matthew 12, 50 or Luke 8, 21, he says, Whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Note Jesus' community was not part of a denomination. Wasn't part of a particular denomination. It really doesn't matter about denomination because we're all on the same team. We're all on the same team. We're called to help people and quit grumbling about it and just do it and just reach out and do something. You need help or are you okay? You okay? Yeah, you. You all right? All right. Let me give you an example of this in the Bible. It didn't take place at the beach. It took place in the wilderness, the desert, where no one wants to live. We live at the beach where most of the time everyone wants to live. In a couple of months, this place will be bustling with people. But this place, this particular story comes from the desert. John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus, For the kingdom of God, he drew crowds of people out of the middle of nowhere with his demand for them to please start over again. He had a whole different method. Jesus said, we're going to go out and do it. John the Baptist had a method. If y'all come to me, we'll do it right here. Now, there was about 400 years of no prophecy at all. And then John the Baptist gets on the scene. Everything changed. Now, the crowd around John, listen to this. When I say John, I mean John the Baptist. The crowd around him is a Jewish crowd. They can make for themselves impressive claims based on their lineage. They can attempt to get by as the Lord's favored people. Yet, to those who gathered around John, such claims sound a little hollow and a little empty when you get around John the Baptist who's uh, wrapped up in a... What was it? Uh, uh, A goat's skin or something. Goat's hair and eating honey. So all of a sudden when you're talking to a powerhouse like this, all your lintage doesn't matter. Because the people want and need something more. And so they accepted these hands of this wild-eyed prophet of baptism of repentance. And John himself is there to insist that they plunge into the water. It's not the end of their striving, but it's the start of everything. You'd think John would be happy at all these people coming in the Bible as he preached this word of repentance. You'd think he'd be thrilled about it as thousands climbing out of the river, drying themselves off, signing up as a new and approved people of God. But he won't let it rest just that. He won't let it rest. He doesn't care if they have a family tree, that they're part of Abraham or Isaac or Jacob. None of that mattered to him. You know where I'm going with this. What John wants to see is lives that have been transformed, lives turned into a different frequency than they were before, regardless of their lineage, their background, poor, rich, broke, uh, son of the king. He had one goal, and that goal, was repentance. He's not interested in people's roots. Their membership cards. Their family connections. Their past. He's interested in their fruits. What they're doing with mercy on their minds. What they're doing now for God's own pleasure and purpose. God doesn't. God did not care about how they talk. He doesn't care how beautiful they string their words together. What concerns him is not their talk. It's their walk. That's John the Baptist. Whether you're moving down repentance road in the direction of the kingdom, whether they're striding one step at a time, it's about transformation with him. And there were thousands upon thousands that came to that little little river in the middle of the desert. People are hungry. They're hungry for God. What draws them there? How'd they come there? One person... Told another person, told another person. And before long, there's thousands lined up, thousands waiting for repentance, for baptism. And that's why I love John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ, advanced man for the kingdom of God. Out there in the desert, he calls from repentance and cares enough about people to get it right. That's who we are. That's what we're called to do. So what does John the Baptist do? He stands up with his little humble self. Now, he was no slouch. I mean, his mom's Elizabeth. His his birth was announced just like Jesus' was announced. He just chose a different way. Kind of like us. We just do it our own way. He just chose a different way to do it. So he stands up and shouts, That we're no better than a bunch of baby snakes. He doesn't care who we are, where we come from, what beliefs we hold. John gets right into the faces like a best friend and demands that we repent, repent, repent. This guy's for real now. We can do that. What's stopping us? He expects more from us than the world does. He expects more from those people... Than they expected of themselves. When we get absorbed. Who's got the biggest church. Who's got the most attendance. The budget. The rules. The proper protocol. When we get absorbed by all of that. We lose our focus. Of why we're here. And that's to make disciples. That's to make a difference. That's to make. This peninsula turned upside down. We can't get hung up in all that. Is it important? Yeah. But there's people that do that. Those times we get impressed with ourselves. Self-satisfied. Self-congratulatory. John's there to remind us in no uncertain terms that God can just as well turn stones into saints Should we choose to live this kind of life? He said he would make the rocks cry out. And if those rocks cried out, he could also make those rocks grow legs and walk and do the work that he called us to do. I mean, he raised some rattling bones to do it. We've got work to do. He tells the crowds to share with people in need. He tells the tax collectors not to cheat and the soldiers not to abuse their authority. These are ethical demands, building blocks for the construction of the kingdom of God. What God demands is part of a better vision than anything these people have ever seen before in their life. All it takes for us to do is love people, love God. He will bring them in. He will do His part. We've just got to do our part. And it may not look like the ordinary. Maybe you're not going to dress in animal animal skin and eat honey and do it John's way. But he was the forerunner. Just think how good that is, y'all. That's what we're called to do. What John demands is a part of a better vision than anything these people had ever seen before. He tells them to do things differently. Than they had ever done. And if they would only do that. They would change the world. Paul did it a different way. Jesus did it a different way. But that rough and tough John the Baptist. I love it. He does not try to make their lives easy. Instead he invites them. To make their lives holy. What about us? What about us 2,000 years ago? I mean 2,000 years now. God doesn't care about your roots. But he passionately cares about your fruit. He doesn't care about your roots, but he cares about your fruit. What are you doing? So you believe in me, God says. What are you doing about it? Perform deeds worthy of repentant people. Look around, find a need, fill it. Caring about the people closest to you is easy. That's the easy part. It's not a radical sign to care for people just close to you. But when we show mercy to those people that we'll never see again, that's radical. And this is a radical church that we'll never see again. It's a whole new ball game. then. We don't expect anything back just to say, you know what? Go along your way. Change your direction. Do something different. What you're doing is not working. We'll help you. Expand your heart to include the poor, the hungry, the isolated, those who can never repay you. Be merciful as your Father in heaven is merciful. I know many of you are doing just that. But I just want to spur you on a little, Father. You've you've shown it. It's like you got the car cranked this week. We know how to do it. We know how to run up here and make gumbo and you did great things and make soup and make a huge breakfast. Girl, I didn't even know you could cook, Tammy, with all that breakfast going on. You know how to do it. Just complete and keep going. Don't let it just be a one-time event. He is not present. Let me start over. The Christ we serve is not simply Born again a long time ago in Bethlehem. He is present not only in words or scripture, but in circumstances of each new day, and it all happens so perfectly. There's no coincidences with God. What did I see? Why did I see them? Why have I seen them twice? What are they doing? What do they need? Walk in the Spirit. It's not a blind walk. Walk in the Spirit. Paul understands this perfectly in Acts 16, twelve because he had heard and did it. There's a call on every life here, and it calls for desperate cries and those in need. The Word clearly says, the call is sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. The call seizes upon divine appointments. You have a divine appointment. You better seize on it at that point. That is from God. Mark 16, 15 through 18, he said to them. Here we go. It's up there. Go into the world and preach the gospel. It's on the screen. To all creation, whoever believes and is baptized would save. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And all these signs will accompany them with the who believe. In my name, they'll drive out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. They'll pick up snakes with their hands. What? And when they drink deadly poison, they won't hurt them. Don't try it. But hey, that's what the word says. They'll place their hands on sick people, and they'll be well. You place your hands on sick people, and they'll be well because you have the power to do that. Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, just like John the Baptist, and teaching them. To obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. Go do something. Let me break it down for you. The commission is commanded and not optional for you. It's not an option for you as a believer. It's a commandment to you. This passage has two commands. Go and preach the gospel. The rest are promises. And to inherit the promises, you must obey the conditional commands. Dissect this scripture. You're fixing to see it over the door someday. Dissect it. Look at it. And that's what you're called to do. Miracles flow through your life when you're a river of God's blessing, not a reservoir of God's benefits. You've got to pour out, not just take in. John 4, 32, 35. But he said to him, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then the disciples said to each other, could someone have brought food? He says, my food, says Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And he says, don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. It's ripe for harvest. Matthew 9, 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. When you see the abundance of need, you need to focus on that and go after it. You have one piece of bread left. Reminds me of the lady who's just about to run out of flour in the Bible. Split it in half, dude. Split it in half. You have two bottled waters left. Give one away. And miraculously, God will provide. His kingdom come. Thy will be done. It's harvest time. Well, some of you are in here saying, I can't do that. That might be a preacher's job. It's not mine. I've never done things like this before. I've never been taught this stuff. This is scary. I just come here to sit down. Don't give me all this stuff to do. I've never done it. Hmm. Art, have you ever taught a class before? I said, all right, Lonnie, we need a class on Wednesday. We've never taught before. This is scary to us. But okay. What? What? Okay. So they're fixing to start... A series on The Chosen on this big screen. We're going to play eight sessions of The Chosen. It's going to be miraculous. And Art is going to lead us through questions and answers every Wednesday night right there. Every Wednesday night at 6 o'clock starting March 3rd. We've got a couple who has never taught a class saying, Okay, I've heard from God. He's called me to do something different. Art spoke that to me months ago. It's a little different for us, but okay. Don't sit there and be all comfortable all the time. Seek God and say, what do you want me to do? What are my skills? What can I do? Matthew 9, 37 through 38. Then he said to the disciples, the harvest harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest. Send out workers into the harvest field. Here I am, send me. Thank you, Art and Lonnie. Because you said, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. The evangelist rewards are eternal. Because the fruit of the labor is eternal. Labor not for gold which corrodes or bread that perishes. But the only thing in this life is eternal. And that's the souls of men. That's eternal. Every soul in here is Eternal. Daniel said in 12, 2 and 3, multitudes who slept in the dust of the earth will awake some to everlasting lives, but others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Oh my gosh, if you just had to pick out one scripture out of the whole Bible, this ought to be it. This ought to be it. What's God talking to you about? What's he talking to you about? This church belongs to Jesus. You move out in the ministry, the answer is always yes. He's the head of this church. I don't argue with his plans for us because I know his plans are perfect. I just ask for forgiveness later. It's really not about denomination at all. It's about... Doing it. Doing it. I would rather have ten people here. Than every chair full of people that are just check punching their ticket. Some of you are going, wait a minute. Wait, what if they hear? What, what? How can they hear just from me for 30 minutes? That's your job. When you walked in today, about 10 people came up to you and said, hey, I'm glad you're back. Hey, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad. Did you need this? Do you need that? I was like, what? Then you hooked up with Sean and y'all got it going. You exchanged numbers. Things are happening. Things are working. I mean, just to see the body of Christ working like this today is awesome. Is awesome. You're out there going, hey, what's up? Yeah, I need this. Yeah, hey, I'm glad you came back. How was the soup? Good. That's how we're supposed to work. After giving a strong rebuke to the church of Laodicea, if you're in Revelation, the seven letters, that was a pretty tough letter written. After that was given to the church of Laodicea, remember he called them "How hey, you lukewarm Christians? You don't don't do. not do you are neither hot or cold." Read read the letter. All you lukewarm. But in that same letter, he says this: "Open the door." Open the door. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, just open the door. That is found in that letter. You've heard it before. But that is found in the letter to Laodicea. After they just got a spanking of what they were doing wrong. But God's so merciful. He says, just just open the door. Quit playing church. Quit looking like church. Quit Acting all lukewarm. He said, just open the door. We open our door here. Church belongs to Jesus. He's the head of it all. His plans are perfect. Just perfect. We now serve without criticism. We help with no complaints. Examine ourselves forgive anyone who sins against us, to love our enemies, to only use our tongues to build up and not tear down, to care for the orphans and widows. We were checking on you. We were checking on you. We were checking on you. You got calls saying, how are you and what do you need? We'll provide it. Come to the shelter. Whatever you need, we're checking on you. It's the local church, like this little bitty church at Crystal Beach, and little cities and towns all over the world that's doing the work and getting this message out. We're part of that group. He says, you're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand. And it gives light to all of the house in the same way. Let your light shine before others. Don't hide it under a little basket. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who's in heaven. Church, I'm just asking you and thanking you for all the volunteers that helped. But I'm asking you, this is the beginning. Let's be the church. This is what churches do. It's not about preachers and sermons and it's you being the church. Go ahead. Can't we just do that? That makes a lot of sense. That's a novel idea. If everybody would just do something. There it is. There it is. That's who you are. Father God, I thank you. I thank you, God. If that was a trial run, and we talked about why we go through trials this week, but if that was a trial run, God, I'm not the judge, but we passed. If all that happened just to gear us up, we passed, Lord. the word says consider it joy when we go through that stuff because that's how we learn that's how we're blessed the word says in james 1:12 that we're blessed when we go through trials you said us you want us mature and complete we're in training god Find us worthy. The next time something happens, we're ready. We'll clean out our pantries, and the cooks show up, and the cleaners show up, and the air mattresses show up, and the porta potties show up, and we can do it. We're in training. God, let us go out, not just here to give us boldness. You want us to teach a lesson? Sign us up. You want us to have a beach ministry? We're in. You want us to have a little group in our home that studies the word? Oh, that's scary. Ooh, okay. us to actually lay our hands on somebody and pray that they're going to be healed alrighty we will God you're good to us you're faithful we're passionately in love with you we can't even explain your mercy and your kindness. We can't even comprehend how we're not the normal here. We're all about you. Helping and doing and being your hands and feet. You want me to volunteer once a month to teach some three and four year olds? Lord, in mercy me. Who? okay all right use us God in Jesus name we thank you amen amen and amen and amen all right y'all stay warm I'll see you next time. Yeah!